You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, what is going on? It is Eric Bach, your host of the Look Great Naked podcast. And today I'm bringing on my good friend and special guest, Jason Helms, the founder of Any Man Fitness. Jason has transformed his life from a former teacher and collegiate athlete to one of the top online coaches in the world where he simplifies all the complicated information that's out there regarding transforming your body and helping ordinary people get extraordinary results. Now, before we jump into this conversation with Jason, I want to highlight a few things. First and foremost, gang, we have 38 five-star reviews. And as we launched this podcast, we hit number 22 on all fitness-based podcasts in the United States. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. It has been excellent. It has been love hearing your feedback, both in terms of where we can improve, but also the things that you have liked. And so I want to shout out just a couple people who left some five-star reviews. And the first one comes from John Pearl. John said, I've been following Eric's content for years, and he has continuously provided nothing but top-notch value. I recently started working with him as my personal coach and has been nothing short of amazing. I'm down 14 pounds in 40 days and looking better than I have in over a decade. His first few podcast episodes are jam-packed with nuggets, and he will surely continue to deliver for those who are looking to get back in peak condition. John, big shout out, my man. Thank you so much for the kind words. Cannot wait to see what continues to happen on your journey. The next review comes from Cole Mania. Eric offers up very practical advice on how to shape up, slim down, and maintain. His advice and suggestions are easy to implement, and with work and dedication, you'll see real results. And the final one that we're going to look at today comes directly from Ryan Coy. Eric is the best in the business who truly cares about helping people. He always takes the time to educate, insist in any way possible. Gang, thank you so much for reviews. Even the bad ones don't have any of those yet, but uh, occasionally I get a little bit of shade thrown on social media, YouTube, all of that fun stuff. Listen, a little hate comes with the territory. So anytime that I can improve on anything, or if you're finding value from what we're doing, do me a favor, drop a five-star review and we'll go from there. All right. Now on to today's show. Hey, what's going on? Eric Bach here. I'm your host of the Look Great Naked podcast. And today I have my good friend, Jason Helmus calling in and we're going to break down how exactly you can look right naked without living in the gym. Now, Jason of Any Man Fitness is a former college athlete and school teacher turned world-renowned fitness and fat loss expert who helps ordinary people get exceptional results. And Jason and I go way back. We were just shooting the shit on this earlier. We first met at a fitness conference back in 2015 because this is how the online world kind of works. You see all these people putting out content and you're like, hey man, that, that motherfucker seems pretty cool. Like, let's, uh, let's send a message let's connect and let's see what's going on and uh, all of a sudden I get to this conference and I'm like damn I was running a lot of professional basketball players at that point doing strength and conditioning coaching and I'm like man is this guy playing for uh, some semi-pro team here in Kansas City and uh, if you don't know Jason Jason is all of six foot eight and uh, I'm about five foot nine man so I was looking up I'm like damn this guy's a little bit bigger than I thought he was when I was just uh, going through on the old Facebook back in the day. But Jason, anyway, man, let's uh, let's jump right in. Um, man, that first fitness conference was great. We were uh, sipping on some whiskey, just kind of shooting the breeze and, and having a good time. There was there was no sum with the whiskey. Sipping on all the whiskey. <laughs> I, I, I think my name turned from Jason to Jameson by the end of that weekend. <laughs> oh, that, no doubt. But, but Yeah, that was a blast, man. That was just, you know, it, it was one of those things where I didn't know what to expect. 
respect. I mean, I had just started the business like two years prior and I, you know, just putting out blogs and, and helping people and articles and everything. And, and like the two of us were, were talking off camera. I was just, I was just surprised anybody even knew who the hell I was like 100%. So that was like, you know, I walked in, I think it was a uh, Sohi Lee it was like, Oh, you're that any man fitness guy, right? She's like the first person he, she was the first person that talked to me and said, Holy shit, people know who I am here. This is awesome. So it was, it was so weird too. Cause Facebook was so big back then. Like yes. that was like, that was enormous Facebook. Like you would put an article on Facebook and it would get shared like 400, 500, a thousand times. It was just, just astronomical. Um, so it, was it was like, amazing. A, it was like a real life Facebook feed in that, that hotel lobby there. It was just, that was a, that was a surreal experience for sure. It really was when social media becomes real life. And then we hung out again about a year later in a, in Toronto, we went to a fitness conference and we had the wild idea of like, you know what, let's, let's book some bougie hotel in Toronto. And, um, you know what, let's, uh, the Thompson, is that the, the Thompson? The Thompson. It was the Thompson. Yeah. And we like rolled up and like, let's go upstairs and check it out. And we're like, man, it looks like a uh, Gregor Gallagher Kino body probably lives here. And like, no doubt three seconds later, <laughs> the dude walks by. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. We were like, Greg, holy shit. Gregor Gallagher. What's going on, man? How are you? And he's like, uh, all right. He had some girl on his arm and he's like, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. I know. That, that hotel was amazing though. It had that like the rooftop bar and the rooftop. They had like a swimming pool, like overlooking all of downtown Toronto. That was that yeah. was definitely one of the nicer hotels I've ever been in. No so, doubt. And did you did you go to the underground club or was that? Uh... Yeah, no, I, I was in the underground club. I I popped bottles um, and put it on the business card, and then cried when I got the bill later. I did did all that all that crazy shit, man, and got way way too inebriated. Definitely, uh, the uh, the ride the drive back to Metro Detroit was it was a long one the next morning for sure. But but no, it's because you, you got to do that stuff, man. You got got to break bread. You got to let loose, go crazy, and uh, you know, and then then you call it networking, right? Networking. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, Jason, one thing that really drew me to you and your content right away was especially the positioning of any man fitness, any man fitness, making it practical and making it sustainable. Then obviously with what we do, you know, with, with Bach performance, we want things to be simple, straightforward, so people can look great naked without living in the gym. Now it doesn't mean endless debauchery, despite what you might think based on the conversation so far, these are rare instances that don't happen on a regular basis, but, you know, understanding that fitness is something that really should enhance these different areas of your life. And let's let's kind of jump into that a little bit more specifically. And what really got you to jump into the fitness industry in the first place? Uh, honestly, I, this was back, gosh, uh, 2010, 2011. My first daughter was born in 2010. Um, and I had been, you, you mentioned uh, with the intro, and thanks for that awesome intro, by the way. Um, but you mentioned uh, uh, that that I was a college athlete. I played uh, Division One baseball at Eastern Michigan University. Like I was an athlete all the way through high school. So I was just naturally lean, naturally athletic. I was working out all the time, lifting weights, going through conditioning, all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, once I got into the real world and got, got kind of like a normal job in the suburbs sort of a thing and got married and had my first kid, it was like all of a sudden I looked down like, the, you know, the, the 215, 220 pound kind of like the strapping young man had just ballooned, man, just consumed. I was consuming. I was I was not taking care of myself. And it was really um, shortly after my first daughter was born. Um, I was teaching school at the time. Uh, I taught sixth grade, sixth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade math and social studies. And I remember we had parent teacher conferences and it was it was a couple months after my first daughter, Brooklyn, had, was born in 2010. And 
all of a sudden, as I'm seeing the dads come in to the parent-teacher conferences, I'm seeing them in a new light. I'm no longer just seeing them as dads of my students. I'm seeing them as like the future me. And like, I'm I'm realizing like 10, 11, 12 years from now, this is going to be me. And I'm asking myself, what do these dads look like? What sort of a presence do they have? What sort of masculinity are they embodying? You know, what do they shake my hand and look me in the eye? Do they have confidence? Do they have, you know, how do they present themselves to other people? And I kind of was like, almost like a magic mirror moment. Like I'm looking down at myself, looking how out of shape I'm in, or I am at the time. And I'm realizing that if I continue on this trajectory, it's not going to be good in 10, 11, 12 years. So that was really, I got really into fitness and I tried all kinds of crazy stuff on myself. And I started following some guys that are in our industry. Martin Birkin was huge at the time. I'm sure you remember the lean, yeah. ga- lean gains protocols back in the day. Um, and I started following, you know, Brian Cron and Andy Morgan and, 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 and you know, Brett Contreras, Alan Aragon, some of these guys. Um, and, and it's kind of like when you first start doing it, you have to sift through all the bullshit because there's just so much BS and nonsense yeah. that's out there. Just it's, it's crazy. Like I tried like, you know, going onto Yahoo Health and, and looking at that advice and it was just shit. Like it was so horrible. Like every single single time I tried one of their workouts or, or, or their dietary advice it just didn't work. Um, but when I really got into this evidence-based stuff and I started taking a close look at my calories, started taking a close look at my macronutrients, started, you know, training more intelligently using full body sort of strength training programs. And like all of a sudden, just the results just rapidly came to me. I ended up, you know, losing about 85 pounds or so. I went from like about 290, 295 down to like 210. I think the lowest I got was like 206. So I was like down to like sub 10% body fat, feeling great, stronger than I've ever been before. And honestly, dude, I just started like like helping my friends. You know, my friends would be like, holy shit, look at that transformation. Like that's insane what you've done. It wasn't just like I lost 30 pounds. It was like I went yeah. from like 40% body fat to like 7% body fat. It was just this crazy transformation. Um, so they were just asking me, dude, what are you doing? Are you doing crazy cardio? And at the time I wasn't doing any cardio. Like I wasn't running, I wasn't sprinting. I I was barely even walking. I mean, I was just teaching school, watching my macros, lifting weights. It's literally all I was doing. So I yeah. would help help friends out and and you know, they'd be losing 20, 30, 40 pounds. And 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 eventually one of those friends actually asked me, like, or, you know, dude, when are you going to start a, a business? And I, I had never even thought about it. The thought had never crossed my mind to start a business. This was in 2013. He's like, dude, I've lost like I had helped him lose like 40 pounds. He had a six pack. He was like 30, 31 years old. He's like, dude, I've never had a six pack before in my life. Not even when I was like 15. And all of a sudden I have one and I'm 31. That That's ridiculous. That's so rare. And it's just because of what you told me. I'm not doing any cardio. I'm not killing myself. I'm working out, you know, two, three hours per week and watching what I eat. I get to eat whatever I want. I just have to do it in the right portions. So people will pay good money for providing this service. And I said, huh? And I remember it was the next day at school and I apologized to uh, my school district uh, because I used your district's computers to do this. <laughs> and on, <laughs> on my lunch break, I got onto Google and, and Eric, it's so cheesy, dude. I literally Googled, how do you start a blog? <laughs> like uh, you know, how how do you start a website because that's all I blogs were so big back then there was like no real video content Instagram was 
like a baby. I don't think anybody even used Instagram. No. I don't even think people use Twitter, like maybe like a little bit. Uh, it was like almost all 100% Facebook based and it was all blog based. Blogs were just huge. And that's how I learned by reading other people's blogs, by piecemealing stuff together, you know, trying various protocols that I saw out there. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I can just add some value and help some people out. So yeah, dude, my entire goal was teachers made like 50 grand and and principals made like 70 or 80 grand my entire goal was to fill in that gap and like just do it on the side as i was teaching like that was if i could do that i'd have been the happiest person in the world because you know teachers notoriously underpaid and whatnot and here i am you know almost 10 years later may 22nd will be the 10-year anniversary of the day that i took out the domain name any man fitness and yeah i quit i ended up quitting teaching in 2016 so i haven't taught in the classroom for like almost seven years and we have uh four coaches that are on the team it's me and, and, and four other uh, um, three three guys and a gal and, uh, and we're out there kicking ass and uh, taking names and everything man so it's a it's crazy crazy man the last 10 years if you would have told me 10 years ago okay fast forward 10 years from now and it's going to be like a random thursday afternoon you'll be talking to this guy on the the, the, the bach performance uh podcast website about your your uh you know uh, fitness consultation business i've been like get the fuck out of here You're yeah this crazy. is crazy right yeah no this is not real life you know so yeah definitely man well uh, you know i love just how organically the business developed it really came from like first i don't want to be like this i've got to fix my own shit to really digging in and, and trying to you know find your way through all the endless information i mean there's always been information overload in fitness i remember as a kid i used to rip workouts recipes all this shit out of magazines and i just had this clusterfuck of a folder with all of these things together right and it wasn't really until i started getting some guidance and really you know digging into really quality content that i was able to see what are the key principles that really drive transformational change? And now it's even tougher because you have these five, six second, you know, short bits of information that give people a ton of like surface level tips without the underlying foundation with how to position them. And beyond the fact that it gives people a wealth of knowledge without a depth of knowledge, it teaches people that there's always something else, always something else, always something else. And I really admire how focused you are on key principles. And if we circle back right there, right, it was like, listen, training a couple days per week, three or four days per week for most people, right? Tracking macros and more or less, for lack of a better term, like avoiding big fuck ups. Like it's not that you can't eat pizza, you just can't eat the whole pizza, right? And it's like, when you have a simple approach like that, when you focus on those key principles, everything else is noise, right? It's like, I love this quote. I first heard it from Alan Cosgrove, but it's like, methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, but principles never do. And in this case, this rapid transformation that you made and that you've been able to help other people with was really founded on a couple of basic things. It was track your macros, have a baseline calorie deficit in order to lose body fat, train with basic exercises for progressive overload. And that's the core of it, right? You can apply a lot of different things to make it fit within those as it's sustainable for you and your lifestyle. But when you do that, that's what leads to a transformation. And I just love that simple approach. Um, and something else, Jason, that really stood out to me, you mentioned kind of seeing the other dads and you and I were both girl, girl dads. And there's something that really changes, um, you know, as when you become a father, you know, regardless of, you know, of the child, but I think especially only can relate this to, you know, being a girl dad is like, am I emulating the traits, the qualities, the behaviors, the actions, even the, the, the subconscious things that I do for my daughter with what she's going to want to see later 
in somebody else because our kids don't always listen to what we say, but they do model what we do. And I'm sure you can speak to that plenty with your experience, both as a father and as an educator. Yeah. Um, 100%, you know, it's, it's a, a daughter 99 times out of a hundred is going to go try to find some sort of a companion that reminds her of her father. Like that, that, that's real. I mean, that is like a thing. It's like built into the biological nature of, of human beings. And, and honestly, that was one of the toughest things is like, I, I remember asking myself that question, like, okay, like you have a daughter, um, and we were about to get pregnant with number two, and I have two daughters now. And it was like, would I want my daughter to date someone like me? And I looked at like, like my morals and my character and all that stuff. And yeah, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm a good person. Like I treat people nicely. I try to, you know, give back to this world. But, you know, when I looked at myself physically and how I took care of myself, um, at the time I, I smoked cigarettes. I drank way too much alcohol. I just, I just ate too much, man. I was, I was a consumer, like I said, just consumer, yeah. consumer, consumer. I was like, like the big, big teddy bear type of a, of a guy. And it's like yeah. the guy that shows up at the party. And like the host is like, I've got all this amazing food that I know you're going to eat because you eat like an asshole, dude. Like, you know, like I, like I was that guy, you know, like, and, and I really did have to, to kind of change my identity. And that took, that took a long time, you know, identity based stuff, changing not only who you are on the outside, but kind of changing the way you approach things and changing your mindset when you go into certain situations like that took years to break almost that persona that just like all my friends knew me as my family yeah. knew me as my in-laws knew me as like like i love my in-laws they are absolutely amazing people but they were used to me coming over for dinner and they would make two dinners one for like the other six people and one for jay and, and like <laughs> it was like you you need seven portions right and that's just like kind of how it was um and, and it took a long time and, and it took me saying no i'm, I'm not gonna do that no i don't think so no one portion is enough no like you just have to say when you are trying to transform yourself you have to like totally change the way you are in these social situations change the way that you identify yourself and and just to, to to kind of change your trajectory and change what people's expectations are of of you and now it's totally different now i go to a social setting and they're like oh you know hey hey, hey helmus i got you know all this protein for you here and here's some vegetables and you do you know you need a non-alcoholic beer or water or something you probably don't actually drink you know that sort of a thing but it just takes such yeah. a long time to kind of you know change who you are um and and you know it's one of those things where uh, people just need to get real with themselves and and realize like it's okay to not like who you are currently like that's okay like you know take ownership of that you know i don't like who i am and i want to change and and i'm i'm okay with saying that you know i think that's that's a big big part of driving transformation and driving change yeah and i think you do such a good job of relating that to people because you've been through it man i mean you went from 300 pounds down to single digit body fat like cover model shredded with a very simple process. And when you go through that process, you learn so much. You know, I always say that fitness is a force multiplier, yeah. not just in the fact that when you upgrade the way that you look and the way that your body performs, that it increases the underlying physiology for everything else that you do in your body from cognitive function, but the traits that you have to exhibit in order to get there, to follow the process. As Alex Hermosi says, divorce yourself from the outcome, but marry the process. And when you focus on marrying the process with whatever goal that you're pushing for, it requires delayed gratification. It requires 
perseverance. As you mentioned, sometimes it requires like a, a thick fucking skin because you're going to have these little jabs and negs from, you know, from your buddies, from everybody else who has this viewpoint of, of who you have been historically based on your actions and you wanting to change that and overcoming that friction, right? And so that's a beautiful thing about fitness because when you can dial it in, you can take those lessons and you can apply them elsewhere. And one thing that really stands out is, you know, you mentioned you kind of saw this, this thing starting to happen organically. You got progress, you helped out one of your buddies. And I love it because like whenever you're positioning your content, whenever you're posting, again, it feels like it's a couple of guys is kind of hanging out and you're just shooting the breeze, but it naturally led to you taking the initiative that I can't imagine you would have taken before to now building this business that has transform your life, transform your family's life. Oh, dude, that's, uh, you're, you're very perceptive. Cause it was, it's funny. Um, when I took out the domain name, I'm like, okay, so like, so what am I going to do with this? And I thought about the name for like, you know, 10 seconds. And it was, it was definitely a situation where I'm, I'm going, what should I call myself? Like Jason fit, J fit, Helmus fit, fit, like what? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just a teacher, man. I'm just a teacher and I'm a normal person. I'm not anything special. I don't have elite genetics. You know, I, I'm, I'm an, a, an ectomorph. I've got big, long limbs. I have to, I'm, I'm, I have terrible weightlifting proportions. It's hard for me to gain muscle. I have to kick and scrape for every little ounce that, that, that of mass that I can build on my body. So I'm, I'm just. I'm any man, you know, I'm any man. So, you know, anyone can do it. So let's come up with, you know, any man fitness. There you go. But I remember thinking to myself, it was weird because I hadn't done shit. I hadn't even put a single blog on, on my website, but I just, I had this like energy, like this testosterone, sort of like a boost inside of me. And just like, I was all hyped up after I had, and all I had done is gotten the domain name. I didn't know, I didn't know shit. I didn't know anything, but I just, I had this feeling that something really good was going to come out of it. I didn't quite know what that was but it, it was because i knew that i had started from scratch i had become invested in the process of self-discovery self-improvement and i had just gotten better over the last two years and done something relatively remarkable with my own fitness and i figured i could use that same sort of a mindset when it when it comes to business maybe i don't know how to make a blog. Maybe I don't know how to talk on a podcast. Maybe I don't know how to sell a fitness program. Maybe I don't know shit about HTML. Maybe, but, but I'll learn, like I'll figure it out along the way. And you know, that's, that's the fun of it is, is trying new shit and learning new things. And, you know, I just thought to myself, if, if I give myself a long enough runway and I work really hard at it and I don't stop, and I just continue to stay consistent through all the ups and downs. Cause as you, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time too. You know, there's just, you know, some days you're on top of the world and you think you're going to, you know, drive off in your Lambo and other days you're certain you're going to be homeless within the next two months. Like it's just <laughs> no doubt. That, that's just the way business and entrepreneurship is. But I figured as long as I stay true to what my message is, I continue to try to help people as much as humanly possible. Um, I stay true to my own core message. Like you said, I, I'm not, you're not going to come to me if you're going to to be on stage in a bodybuilding contest or you're going to try to be breaking powerlifting records you're not going to come to me you know if you if you do and I, i've had those people come to me before and i will refer them to some excellent colleagues that i have in the industry and hand them off and say you know introduce them to somebody that that's a little bit more suited for that sort of a thing you're going to come to me if you're 
in my situation that I was in, if you're like the fat dad and you want to do this thing and you're not really all that fond of cardio and you need to start from scratch and you need to build the habit and you need someone to to show you how to do it and support you through it and all that good stuff, then then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna come to me. Um, just you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. You know, you hear all the time in fitness about niching down, niching down, niching down, and I kind of like went the other way. And the, you know, everybody's wants to niche down and to like you know entrepreneurs aged 30 to 35 <laughs> who make $800,000 a year and who like come on man um for me it's like you know if you're willing to put in a little bit of work and focus on these big blocks right here we can get you to point B in a relatively quick and efficient way so i love that i love that and again like you, you point to the big blocks right the big blocks are really the same regardless of so many goals yeah. or who you are where you are in that journey it's this applying them a little bit differently, right? Um, I think back to my time, you know, working with a lot of high performance athletes, which was my primary focus when we first met. And you know what? We took basically every single person through the same warm up each day. Why? Because most people have the same issues. They have poor glute activation, poor pelvic control, poor thoracic mobility, right? So think back pain, think tight shoulders, stiff neck, all of these aspects. Well, if we can start to address those across the board, that's going to make a huge difference. But of course, yeah, we still had to pick exercises that were going to fit the person, the biomechanics, the goal and all this stuff, but it still comes with the big basic movement patterns. And the yep. same thing when it comes to nutrition, like, listen, why does keto work? Well, it doesn't always work, but when it does, it creates a calorie deficit by restricting the food group. Intermittent fasting works primarily because it restricts a time duration. Any of these other diets, like they can all work when you understand the underlying principle is somewhat restricting something that leads to a calorie deficit that can therefore lead to fat loss. And when you understand those principles, you can apply them and we can apply them correctly and meet the person where they are, which you do ex exceptionally well. That's when you have really the formula to really make a life changing transformation. It, that always reminds me of the, the, the Bruce Lee quote. Um, what is it? Uh, before I learned the art, a punch was just a punch and a kick was just a kick. As I was learning the art, a punch was more than a punch and a kick was more than a kick but once i mastered the art a punch was just a punch and a kick was just a kick it like kind of like comes full circle there right like when you're very first starting and learning you really don't know shit and then you start to learn and start to learn then you you think that you have to follow everything exactly to a t and all these these underlying tactics you have to optimize them and then once you come out on the other side and you start to see the big picture you realize like you were saying before oh these are just principles that i need to follow universally and no matter how your training program morphs and changes based on your goals you're still just following those underlying principles and trying to figure out how to make those a lifestyle and a habit from here on out definitely you know it's kind of like that big rocks philosophy you know what i mean it's like when you have the big rocks that are taken care of then the little rocks can fit in around it and similarly speaking a lot of times people will be on their own fitness journey and they'll yeah they'll feel really overwhelmed in the beginning they're like oh my god what do i focus on then they start to build this base of knowledge and then they start going down the rabbit hole and then they start to build a really big base of knowledge for these advanced level tactics but where a lot of people get stuck is they think they need to master all of these little elite level tactics and then then they lose sight of the underlying principles right like a common common thing that i hear from people will be like hey this workout seems great but like how do you sequence in 27 work sets for your triceps in a three-day workout split where you're only training twice per week and it's like then they're trying to piece everything together based on the latest <laughs> scientific research yeah. and i'm like yeah. i'm like basically my message would be like bro you know what i have never sat and created a workout program out of the 
tens of thousands of workout programs I've probably written at this point and thought I need to hit this exact number of sets because this one research study said so. I know. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, how do we delineate which is going to be the most important data and have this good base of knowledge so you can apply these elite level tactics without losing sight of the goal itself? It's also important to make sure to understand that, like, even the most optimal of optimal programs, all it's going to do is increase your rate at which you get to point B, just an absolute minuscule amount. Whether that those itty bitty tactics, you know, based on the most cutting edge research, whether or not they're, they're true or not, you are still going to get to point B if you're following the principles, you know, even, you know, and, and, and again, like, you know, as you know, so many of those different scientific studies, they're, they're flawed or, or, you know, just because something tells you something once doesn't necessarily mean that that's always going to be the case, no matter what. So, um, you know, th th those things are, are great to get some sort of a starting point and a reference point, but it always, everything varies by individual. As you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Well, Hey man, just trust the science. Yeah, science. right. Trust. No. If, if, if anything that has been told us the last three years, we have all discovered we need to trust the science. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But, you know, when it comes to when it does come to like research, when it comes to things like that, I think one of the important things to note is whenever you find like a research study, for the most part, there's going to be another study that is going to show the exact opposite thing. Yeah. And you can drive yourself absolutely nuts trying to find a research study for every single thing. And this is where it gets really confusing. And this gets confusing for coaches too, because in what you see, keep an eye on this in social media, you see a lot of coaches position themselves as evidence-based, evidence-based, then they just shove studies down your throat. Well, the best evidence to me is what actually works when you have a human being in front of you, not what works when you have 11 college-age males that are 21 years old, um, that are lifting moderately, eating mac and cheese and drinking, you know, a fifth of vodka like every third day like yeah. come on like how realistic is of a case study <laughs> and an aspect is that when it's an eight-week study versus somebody who's you know in their mid-30s maybe they got a business or a busy career uh, a little bit of stress going on in the world plus their family and they're trying to do something consist consistently right like yeah. when we don't have all these aspects that are lined up the physiological response for studies isn't always going to be the same or in a controlled yeah. environment and i think that's an important perspective to have and it's not that science isn't important it's that Science should support the underlying principles that we know of and then be applied as it fits the individual, not be taken as gospel above and beyond. You know, I think that's a that's an important point. You know, I, I think there's a there's a lot of coaches out there that because we are so immersed in in the physical fitness world and in, in self-improvement and in, in optimization and all those different things that that really I mean they hold value and they hold merit. A lot of us lose sight of just just how untrained and and, and what a a bad spot so many different people are starting from out there for a lot of people if they're not getting their breakfast at a gas station and having it be a bag of hot you know flaming cheetos and a red bull if that's not their breakfast if you can get them to, for, to you know to move from that to like you know a couple of eggs and a banana and a protein shake or something that's that's just an absolute massive win that person doesn't need to worry about yeah the the optimal rates of hypertrophy you know or you know we're, we're yeah seriously like you know and, and that's and, and i know that that's like that's kind of like my own brand right though any man fit that's what i'm trying to do um you know i i get a lot of people that are either they've got layoffs or, or lay you know they haven't trained in a long time they haven't really tried to eat healthy in a long time or they're trying really hard at the wrong things which is kind of what i was doing at the very beginning is trying hard at all the wrong things um and, and getting caught up in the weeds 
Um, and can you, know, you give me an example of, of kind of getting caught up in the weeds in something you see on a regular basis? Yeah, um, you know, worrying. Uh, one of the biggest things is neglecting a calorie deficit for all of these foods that people think are, are necessarily toxic. And and at the exact same time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you should eat things like sugar all the time or seed oils constantly. Or but there's all these like nutritional boogeymen that are out there and the nutritional boogeyman are always changing, right? Um, in the eighties and, and even the nineties, the nutritional boogeyman was fat. We all knew that if we ate fat, fat caused you to be fat. It was going to clog your arteries. Yeah. Those was the time magazine. I think there was like an ashtray with like a, 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 a bacon and eggs next to it. It said like, is fat the new smoking? Um, and then slowly we realized, okay, we're not getting any skinnier. Oh, then it's carbs then it's sugar. Then it's eat like a caveman. Now, then it's keto and now it's carnivore and then it, now it's seed oil. And, 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 but we're not collectively getting any leaner or any healthier or defeating obesity as a whole. It's not happening. So we need to take a look at, first off, we're just consuming way too much. Um, the calories that we're bringing in is way too much, right? All those itty bitty things. I, I run into people every single day that say, you know what? I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating seed oils. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm barely even eating any carbohydrates. I, I never eat white rice. I never eat bread. I never eat pasta. Um, and I'm still gaining weight. I don't know what the problem is. And I'm like, okay, well, how many calories are you eating? Oh, I don't know, but I'm eating clean, bro. I'm like, all right, man. Like first yes. things first, there's always a hierarchy with, with what is going to work. And that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like you never want to go look at these little itty bitty. You're talking about big rocks and pebbles. You never want to focus on a pebble before you focus on a big rock. You know, number one, get your calories in order. Number two, eat enough protein. After you do those two things consistently, odds are very good that you won't need to do anything else period. Like you'll probably yeah. be okay if you just get your calories and your protein in order. But then, you know, at that point, you probably want to optimize possibly your digestion, maybe your performance in the gym. And yeah, then at that point, you know, maybe your dietary food choices, you know, with how you feel, your energy levels, you know, that sort of a thing does make a little bit of a difference and does start to move the needle. But at the beginning, what's going to move the needle the most is making sure that you get the amount that you are eating, taken care of, and that you have enough protein to support not only your training, but to give you that metabolic advantage that protein has. So no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, if you take care of your calories and your protein intake, everything else is just noise, right? If you want to take a like 80, 20 principle, the 20% of things you can focus on that yield 80% of the results is going to be getting your calories in alignment with your goal. And number two, it's going to be getting enough protein, which you know, ballpark, let's say a gram per pound of body weight is just a really good staple. And then from that point, listen, again, not to you know, make fun of studies, but like there's enough studies that say high carb, low carb, the meta analysis really are pretty clear that it becomes a matter of personal preference. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't right? really matter. Yeah, it really doesn't. Right. Especially when you're looking at people across the board. So while there might be interpersonal variability, listen, take care of the protein and the, and, and the calories and then see like where your carbohydrate intake is. Once you've done those things, see where your fat intake is. And if you can lock in something that's consistent with those, then you've probably found at least the, the foundation of what could be a very sustainable long-term diet. That's really going to help you get the body that you want. And there's such a beauty in, again, I'm not somebody who recommends tracking macros for everybody across the board, but I think it's an important skill that everybody should do at least once for 30 days, because you're going to learn more about your nutrition tracking macros and everything that you eat for 30 days than you will with any nutrition certification or class that I've personally taken. 
because you learn your portion sizes. You learn that that handful of M&Ms that you're grabbing when you go past the desk is all of a sudden adding another 200 calories to your day, 1400 to your week. And that's what's preventing you from losing weight on a consistent basis when all these little snack bites and these little things start to creep in that you're not really aware of that you think you're eating clean. And so that's such an important component. And the way you simplify, man, I just love it. Now, we talked, we've been talking a little bit about habits and you happen to have a client who knows habits better than anybody else in the world. Um, Can you tell me about your client, James Clear, New York Times bestselling author of Atomic Habits and, and what it's been like to work with him and how you've potentially distilled some of those principles into helping people change their bodies? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely been a pleasure. Uh, that's for sure. So we were following each other on Twitter and have, and I met him back in uh, 2017 uh, at the the fitness summit, the old now defunct fitness convention that used to get uh, put on by uh, Nick Bromberg in Kansas City. That that we were discussing earlier in the podcast. Yeah, he was there, and I definitely uh, I, I fanboyed a little bit. Said, "Holy shit, James Clear! I've been reading your blog for years, man. That that's it's it's awesome." I think he was like right across the the the, uh, the uh, our hotel rooms are right across from each other knocked on his door and acted like a little idiot and said ah hi dude how you doing uh, but, but anyways we chatted and talked and and uh, we realized that we actually grew up like 30 minutes away from each other um, I grew up in Cincinnati and he grew up in Hamilton um, and the school that he went to was in the same league as, as my high school and so he is a little bit younger than me um, or else we would have both played against each other in like baseball and basketball and stuff and in sports so yeah we shot the shit a little bit and then yeah a few years later he reached out and said uh he was it was interested in getting some coaching and yeah we've been working together since 2020 so coming up in september it'll be three years that we've been working together um and you know i can't necessarily divulge too much you know client privilege and, and all that stuff but it's just been a blast watching him work um he's he's just he's a person that you know everybody has their ups and downs and you can imagine how busy he is just just ridiculously busy just traveling the world um giving keynote speak uh, you know speeches all over the place like to, to some major major fortune fortune 500 companies and everything and he's 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 extremely busy and trying to meld you know trying to get fitness to work for him is is a challenge and, and it can be sometimes but one of the biggest things that i admire about him is I don't know if I've ever seen him in three years, no matter what the situation, have a complete like zero week. He's always doing something to move a little bit closer to his goals. Um, and, and it's just, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it, it, it really has Tr- seeing somebody who is so not only dedicated to his own craft, um, but just dedicated to self improvement in general to never lose sight of like, you know, you, you hear people say you should have a North Star, some sort of like a, a, a guiding, thing that you aim for like a beacon out there that you're always trying to move closer to um and and he always keeps he always keeps the goal the goal the goal is the goal never changes you know even if he has a a rough week or a rough month or something and and misses some training sessions and, and the diet isn't as perfect as it could be um he doesn't change the goal. He doesn't freak out on the goal. He doesn't say this isn't working. He's a person that takes 100% ownership. Um, he never deflects blame or, or anything like that. It's just, it's really awesome to, to be able to see that. Um, I've had some long-term clients before that, that I've worked with longer than him. Uh, but they tend to just kind of like slide into maintenance mode a little bit. And, you know, they just, they enjoy the coaching. They enjoy the workouts. They've, they've got the nutrition part down and they kind of go, go monk mode and they don't really have a necessarily like a goal 
to go towards. They're just kind of like in maintenance, doing their thing. There's nothing wrong with that, right? That's just maintaining that fit lifestyle is a wonderful thing and and it can be a goal in and of itself. But, but one of the things that I really like about James is in the last three years, he's always had a goal, whether that goal is I want to get leaner. I want to work on, you know, my shoulders. I want to work on my arms. I want to work on my chest. I want to work on my back. I want to, you know, work on my, whatever it is. He always has a goal. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why he's as successful as he is because he's always constantly working, um, on some sort of a goal and taking steps towards it. And uh, I think he had a, a, a tweet today that said, if you want to do something exceptional, all you really have to do is put forth an average amount of effort for an above average amount of time. And I thought that that was, that was really poignant. Like that's really, and that's true. If you put forth like a good effort, an average effort, right? For a really long time at one thing, you are going to be exceptionally amazing at that one thing, like what, whatever that is. And I think he kind of, he embodies that without a doubt. So yeah, it's been, been awesome working with him. That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, that really resonates with me as well. If you commit an extraordinarily amount of effort in terms of being consistent, even if you're genetically average, even if you started from a, a low place, you're going to blow by so many people who give up on that consistency, right? Like something we always say is success comes from the ruthless execution of the basics that can be applied directly to basic principles in business. It can be in habit formation. It can be in training. And as you mentioned, you know, with, you know, with James is even when he's training, he focuses on what he can do with the circumstances that he has not beating himself up and just saying, fuck it. I don't have access to this piece of equipment. I'm not going to train it all this week and still continues going forward. And that act like that ability to be flexible to again, go Bruce Lee, be like water to be able to navigate to the circumstances around you and make adjustments on the fly is what I've seen as a coach really makes the biggest difference between the people who make and keep an incredible transformation and those who you know, maybe sprint incredibly hard and get great results and then start to fall back, right? It's about locking in that consistency, changing your identity around who you are. You are the person who is consistent, who makes an effort to get things done regardless of circumstance and then staying consistent with it. And if you can do that and apply it to your health and to your fitness, it's amazing what's going to happen. It truly yeah. is. Yeah. Now, Jason, you had posted something that really resonated with me recently, and it was how to cure yourself from keto. And <laughs> let, let's talk about this a little bit, man, because, you know, keto is a very popular diet method still, and it works fairly well for some people, but it can also have a lot of negative consequences for, for others. And this is something I see quite a bit with people where they're like, hey, yeah, I do great when I'm on keto. And then I go back to eating normal and I gain all this weight back. And then they're terrified of carbohydrates and they can't find a sustainable approach. Um, can you just dig into what your experience has been with the ketogenic diet and, and the clients that you work with? Yeah. Uh, keto diets are, are you know, I, I don't know if I'd quite call them the, the bane of my existence just because there's just so much bullshit around them, right? Everyone is thinking that, you know, it's the magical insulin fairies that if you keep them low, you're automatically going to lose weight. And and I love the fact that you've said on, on multiple occasions during this podcast, you are losing weight because you're in a calorie deficit. Um, and granted, on a keto diet, um, you are eating 
eating more protein than you normally would. And that's going to provide you with a metabolic advantage. It's also going to fill you up. You won't be as hungry. Um, you know, it is true that your insulin levels will probably be lower. So you won't have those sugar crashes and, you know, spikes and crashes throughout the course of the day. So there is certainly some utility to a keto diet. And actually I did the keto diet before it was a keto diet back in like 2010, 2011, before I ever started coaching anybody, you know, I got really entrenched into low carb dogma, really entrenched where, where I got to the point, I remember being at Kroger and picking up a pack of turkey sausage and flipping it over to the back and seeing that there were six grams of sugar in this and go, Oh, no, not going to eat that. And like putting it back on the shelf. Think about how insane that is. Six grams of sugar. That's 24 calories. Like you can, you can fart and burn 24 <laughs> calories. Like it's so stupid looking back at it, but that's what it was the first time that I tried something and I rapidly lost weight and I didn't realize it at the time. And, and this happens to a lot of people. Ketogenic diets will cause a bit of a false positive right if you're used to eating 250 300 400 grams of carbs and, and and if you're not tracking anything you're just eating that's so easy to do to eat that many carbohydrates and and as you're eating those carbohydrates for every gram of carbohydrates that you're bringing into your body you're bringing in three to four uh, uh, grams of water weight as well right that's coming right into your body with those carbohydrates so all of a sudden you drop all those carbohydrates and all that water. So not only are the carbs not coming into your body, all that water weight is not coming into your body. You get these enormous weight whooshes when you start keto, right? And that's what happened to me. All of a sudden, one day or, or one week, I would lose like seven, eight, nine, ten pounds. Got to remember, I'm six foot eight, and I was enormous. I had a lot of weight to lose, and my diet was pure shit. So, but but because of that, you start to go. This is the key to weight loss. I figured it out. Oh my God, carbs make you fat. Like, and it just, it, it just kind of becomes ingrained in you. And then what do you do? You seek out confirmation bias. You go online, you start reading low carb carbohydrate literature, and there's so much bullshit that's out there. You start, start reading Gary Tobb stuff or William Davies or, yeah. or all these guys, <laughs> that, you know, grain brain or, or why we get fat, good calories, bad calories. And you're reading it. And because this is working for you, it's confirming your biases and you just get so entrenched into thinking nothing else will work. Well, then maybe you plateau, maybe you start actually gaining weight, or maybe you realize this is not sustainable to never eat carbohydrates ever again. Uh, because I know for me, that was not a sustainable thing to never eat carbohydrates ever again. So then all of a sudden you start to introduce carbs and because all that water weight comes back into your body, your, your scale weight ends up shooting up. So we will have clients that are on keto and, and when they start, I will, excuse me, I will definitely 100% tell them, okay, look, we're going to start tracking you know, your stuff here. We're going to keep you relatively low carb, but you're going to see a weight spike. And you might even see a measurement spike from the water weight that's going to come out of your body. You need to trust this process for a solid three, four, five weeks. Because in the first couple of weeks, that water weight's all going to come back. Like I said, your weight's going to spike, but your energy levels are going to also spike as well. That's going to return. You're going to start feeling better. Your performance in the gym will be, will be greater. Um, and then once you get to like weeks three, four, five, all of a sudden, now, because water weight is a relative thing, you know, you know that, but more for the yeah. listeners, it's a relative thing. If, if you're eating, you know, say 200 grams of carbohydrates per day, every day, you're not going to get wild 
swings. When you get swings is when you go from 200 carbohydrates per day and all of a sudden you eat no carbs one day. Well, you're going to whoosh a lot of that water weight out. Or instead of 200 grams of carbs, you go crazy and have a YOLO weekend. You eat 1,000 grams of carbs over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Okay, on Monday, your weight's going to spike three or four pounds. Like that's kind of the way that that works. But as long as you stick to this, you know, I, I tell these people, as long as you stick to this for the next four or five weeks, then all of a sudden you're going to see those reductions. You know, it, it's probably going to improve your hormonal profile a little bit. You know, your stress response is not going to be as, as, as fucked up as it is right now. It's going to like, you know, uh, even out your, your, your leptin and even out your ghrelin and your cortisol. And it's just, it's going to be great for you long term, but you're going to need to fight through this urge in the first two or three weeks to email me saying, oh my God, it's not working. I'm getting fat because that's not what's happening here. You know, definitely. I mean, there's such an emotional attachment to doing a diet, to sticking with something that works incredibly well at some point in your life. Um, I've seen this happen all the time with low fat diets. I've seen it happen with intermittent fasting where people get so attached to the immediate results they get from it they don't factor in that every other aspect of their life changes. And as an example, right? I remember when I used to use intermittent fasting really consistently when I was say 25. Well, guess what? When I was 25, well, you're pretty much physiologically optimized if you're healthy at 25. Um, you know what? My business was not the size that it is right now. I did not have a daughter, right? I didn't have a house. I didn't have a mortgage and all these different things. So when we factor in all these other stressors that come in, in addition to age, the way our body responds to the things that we're doing doesn't always stay the same. And if we don't factor that into what we're doing and we stay emotionally attached to something that we did previously, that's when we run into issues because it's not necessarily that like this diet does or does not work. It's that like your underlying physiology is different. Your stress is different. And if we don't take that into alignment with everything else that we do, that's the biggest thing. And you know what? I mean, I see this even, I, mean, I work with a lot of coaches. I work with physical therapists, doctors, you know, people that know a lot about the human body. And it doesn't matter how smart you are. Like everyone has an attachment to something that they've done before that works pretty well mm -hmm. that a lot of times they stick with too long and it doesn't serve them. And so one of the most important things, and I know you talk about this as well, is like you need to have synergy between what your training is like, what your nutrition is like, and what your stress levels are like. Because you can't lose fat. You can't build muscle if your body cannot optimally physiologically respond and adapt to the stressor, which is training in a calorie deficit that your body's putting underneath you. And it still comes down to those underlying principles, but can you apply those principles at the right time? Or are you sticking with something that you have an attachment to that is no longer serving you? And again, we've both yeah. been through this, you know, it's, yeah. it's not easy, but you have to be able to change with the times as your body changes. Yeah. I, th I think it's important for people to also realize all of these different things that we're talking about are inherently stressors, right? You're talking about how, you know, you were fasting at the time. Well, you were 25 and, and life was, was great. And it was, you didn't have as many career stresses. You didn't have kids. You didn't have, you know, work wasn't as crazy as it was. You were probably physically in your prime at the age of, of 25 and how you kind of moved away from that fasting. Um, and, and I, my story honestly is, is pretty similar. And, and, and it's funny because like, just the things that you do will often change too. When I first lost all the weight, I was using fasting protocols. I would just wait until lunch. I'd eat lunch and dinner. That's all, that's all I would eat. Um, and I was drinking coffee in the morning. I've always been a coffee fan, right? Well, once I stopped teaching, I actually had to stop fasting. And it was because when I was teaching and I was drinking the coffee, 
I was able to burn all of that extra energy off because I'm in front of the class. I'm, I'm, I'm naturally burning a lot more calories and, and it wasn't that big of a deal. I never felt like any sort of like stress or anxiety from the coffee itself. As soon as I started working for myself from home, all of a sudden I'm sitting in front of a laptop drinking all that coffee without any food in my stomach and it's causing a stress response. And like, I'm feeling like anxious and jittery and I can like, and I had to like recognize that. But yeah, as time goes on you're always going to evolve and you're going to change but you need to realize like every little tactic like that that you use is inherently a stressor right if you decide that you're going to go and do a ketogenic diet being in the complete absence of carbohydrates that's a stressor like you might not frame it as a stressor what i'm just not eating carbs well carbohydrates are your body's preferred source of fuel whether you want to believe that or not oh we'll use fat for fuel uh, like okay <laughs> like the body the body can exist without carbohydrates it's not essential well okay i guess so but it's this really um crazy process that the body does in order to survive in the complete absence of carbohydrates that doesn't mean that that's what your body once you know like it's exactly just, you know cavemen probably at times didn't have access to berries and they just had to eat meat and fat and that was it and exist off, off of meat and fat doesn't mean it's an intelligent thing for you to do so yeah i think uh, people need to to make sure not to lose sight of that um you know everything I've heard you say before on social media and on, on various podcasts and stuff, everything is a tool in the toolbox. So you just have to figure out when it's appropriate to use certain tools. And I mean, I'll, every once in a while, I'll fast. I, I tend to do it on the weekends, right? Yeah. When 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 I, I know, hey, I'm going out for dinner later tonight, so I'm just going to save up a few calories for breakfast. I'm just going to eat lunch. I'll, you know, eat a little New York strip or like, you know, something that's relatively low carb and, and yeah. high protein just to build myself in that buffer. But I use it strategically now, just not like an every single day sort of thing. Cause I just, I operate better when I wake up in the morning. And even though I hate, I hate eating breakfast every day. Like I do not enjoy it. I'm not hungry. I'm not looking, but I force myself to choke down a protein shake because that's how I feel best when I wake up and I get some food in my stomach. Yeah. And the thing I love about this conversation is it's not that you can't use any of these tactics, any of these strategies. I mean, I, I use them on a regular basis, but it's done very intentionally, yep. right? It's not just like you're going to fast because that's our marketing position. It's like we can do it for this certain period of time, but these are the signs we want to look for. We're going to go lower carbohydrate for this period of time for this reason, but these are the things we want to pay attention to, right? And it's about being able to apply and to adjust and to pivot when you go through those things. One note that, that really stood out to me is, yeah, you mentioned like the stress response. And this is something that I'm, I'm really keenly aware of myself is, yeah, I mean, does it, especially when I was personal training? Yeah, I mean, there was a Starbucks attached to my gym. So yeah, like <laughs> just hook up an IV and just like set me going for 12, 14 hours on training clients. No problem. Um, but cortisol, or anytime you're having caffeine, anytime you're having a stimulant, yeah. We feel alive, we feel awakened because of that cortisol response. That's what has that fight or flight aspect of it. And so when we factor in all the stressors that we have from different areas of our life, and then we're adding a diet protocol that can be inherently a little bit more stressful, you have to be aware, like, is your anxiety spiking in the middle of the afternoon? Like for me, that would be one thing. I'd be dialed in until like noon. And even if I would eat a little bit then, it's like anxiety in the middle of the day would be would, would start to spike and my productivity would, would plummet. And then I would like, I'd feel like my family was getting leftovers because I was completely exhausted by the end of the day. 
day. So I had to make that change, right? And so like, these are things you got to be aware of. Another thing I see is sometimes I call it the hunger boomerang. You go fasting, you barely eat during the day. You're so busy. You're like fasting works really well for me right now. But then you have dinner and then you have second dinner and then you eat like half a fucking bag of Doritos because they're there, right? <laughs> and so like, that's kind of the backswing of it. So like, there are all these things you have to pay attention to in regarding your stress response. But Jason, man, two quick questions for you. Actually, three. Um, number one, who's going to take the NFC North this year? Is it going to be the Lions? Or are they going to sneak up and pull a little Detroit Lions I, I, I absolutely cannot say, yes, it's going to be the Lions. I've, I've been up here in Michigan for the last 20-some-odd years, and, and I'll believe it when I see it. You know, it's a, 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 The uh, definition of insanity is, is seeing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Uh, but it was, it was quite a surprising second half of the year. Dan Campbell uh, you know, made a few missteps in the first half of the year. And honestly, people up here are fired up, man. They're fired up. They're ready to go. Um, but, uh, you know, Green Bay is, they, they are who they are usually. So, uh, you know, I'd probably have to go with them again. Oh, respect so, it. I, respect yeah, it. I, I know yeah. that's good. I know that's going to make you excited and happy. <laughs> so, yeah, you nailed it, man. All right. So number two, if you could tell yourself one thing related to health and fitness at age 18, what would you tell yourself now? Lift with your full body. Stop being a pussy and skipping leg day. <laughs> get on, <laughs> get on, get on, get on a real program. Track your results. Have set and rep schemes. You know, it, I fucked around for way too long. I always loved weight weight training in, in in high school and even in college. And that's what, like, a year out of college, I was weight training. I was, and I weight trained that whole time when I got fat as fuck. Like I was, I was lifting weights <laughs> the whole time. But when I was doing it, it was just straight up like today. I'm going to do 47 sets of chest and then biceps and triceps. And that's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to run for cardio. And I just think back about basically 10 years of training completely wasted prime wasted prime years where, where I didn't have kids. I had all the time in the world. I could have really focused on it. Get on a real program, you know, get one for, get a free program from Eric, get a free program for me. I got freebies all over my website, but do something religiously track it and work on your performance improvements week to week. That's how amazing physiques are made. No doubt. No doubt. It comes from nailing those basics and not piecemealing random shit from the internet. Just yes. follow a structured program and stay with it. Don't go for Eric Bach's folder of from muscular <laughs> development that he ripped out when he was 13 years old. <laughs> exactly. That's not the way to do it. We both made that mistake and many people have as well. Yes, we have. Uh, fi- and finally, Jason, dude, thank you so much for being here. I had an absolute blast shooting the breeze with you. Where can we find out more about you? Uh, my website is anymanfitness.com. There's lots of uh, you know articles. Uh, I have a weekly newsletter. The NWA newsletter is it stands for Nutrition, Weightlifting, and Attitude. Um, and then of course there's uh, some uh, '90s gangster rap sprinkled in because I'm I'm a '90s boy. I was I was a, a white a white boy from the burbs that went to private schools. So you know we got to keep it real. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of there's coaching options, lots of freebie guides and everything. I'm on Twitter. Everything is anyman fitness i'm on twitter i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i'm on tiktok those are the four main ones that i do uh probably my, my biggest audience uh, by far is on twitter so that's where i'm usually the most active so you can fam- find me out there follow me and uh say what's up hey it's eric here again now there are three ways that i can help you look great naked number one if you want to grab a free copy of the look great naked protocol to help you lose body fat without counting calories then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training Number two, if you're a busy guy looking to build muscle, then I recommend checking out our Minimalist Muscle Blitz, which has helped over 1,000 men build muscle without living in the gym. Just go to minimalistmuscleblitz.com. The link will also be available in the show notes. 
or number three. And last, if you want to work with me directly and get the best results possible, apply at bachperformance.com backslash coaching to look great naked without living in the gym. Until next time, my friend, 